Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native land of China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades before bringing the ministry to the West in 1962. The Life Study of the Bible is a significant contribution to the heritage of Bible exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring short portions of this spoken ministry to you from the Life Study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Before we join today's program, we'd like to offer you our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith. To receive your free copy, just call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That number again is 1-888-543-5788. Now, let's join today's life study. One absolute of being a Christian is to know, of course, that you are saved. The gospel of Jesus Christ leads people to salvation, this is certain. Now, as a believer, ask yourself this question. Do you enjoy being saved, or do you enjoy and experience the reality of salvation every day? There's a tremendous difference between these two, we want to touch this distinction as the Bible touches it in this life study program today. Ron Kangas has returned to be with us for this important program. And Ron, as you know, from time to time, we're called upon to bring a program to our listeners without the benefit of the pre-recorded portions from Witness Lee. Unfortunately, today's one of those times, but we do have his printed messages and we will draw upon them considerably before we're through today. Thanks for helping out. Uh, you're welcome, Chris. And we take this as an opportunity to have a rather thorough fellowship as time permits concerning uh, a matter that we, I think we have to admit, is just um, neglected, often by a superficial reading of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And this is, I would say, the dimension or the aspect of salvation that Paul talks about, first in Philippians 1 and then in Philippians 2. Sometimes if we read the Bible in a hasty way or in a superficial way, we may assume when we read a word such as salvation, oh, that means salvation from hell, that means salvation that will bring me to heaven. I already have that. This is not for me. But we really rob ourselves of the riches of the word if we don't pause to consider before the Lord, uh, what the Word of God is saying in portions such as the ones we'll consider today. If we pause and we read the verses in context, we should begin to consider that when Paul says, this shall turn to my salvation, he's not talking about his eternal salvation. Then what is this salvation? And then in chapter 2, when he says that we need to work out our salvation, we should consider what does this mean and how do we work out our salvation and what is this salvation that is being worked out? 
So we welcome this opportunity to consider, through our brothers' fellowship, these portions from Philippians 1 and 2 related to what we can call salvation in our daily living, both in ordinary daily situations and at times in very particular unusual situations. But whether ordinary or particular, we need a practical salvation as well as an eternal salvation. Uh, Ron, let's talk about these two points. First of all, uh, I think I should read these two verses you alluded to. These really are the critical components, at least from Scripture, uh, that form the base of our program, our fellowship today. Uh, and if we read these verses, as you pointed out, with just the common or the the understanding that we quickly come to when we see this word in the Bible, salvation, uh, we'll see right away that it just can't fit here. In Philippians 1.19, For I know that for me this will turn out to salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Of course, those are the words of the Apostle Paul long after he had experienced eternal salvation. Then in chapter 2, verse 12, he says, So then, my beloved, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Of course, we know our eternal salvation cannot possibly be the result of our works. Scripture is very clear. So we have what Witness Lee, in his message, that we don't have the benefit of the tape of, at least in print we have it, he deemed this the constant salvation in our practical life. Ron, contrast these two things for us, the constant salvation versus our eternal salvation. By eternal salvation, we mean that aspect of God's full salvation, which, based absolutely on the redeeming death of Christ for our sins and on God's sovereign grace in selecting us and calling us and regenerating us, that eternal salvation is settled. Our eternal destiny to be with God in glory is forever settled. We have been saved by grace through faith. We have been born of God, having been justified by faith. We have the forgiveness of sins, the washing and cleansing of sins. We've been approved by God, that is, justified. We've been reconciled to him. And of a special significance, we have been born of God to become the children of God. This is an eternal, settled matter. And upon this, everything in our Christian life is based. Constant salvation means something we experience moment by moment in the midst of our daily circumstances. In our daily circumstances, we need salvation. But salvation from what? Not salvation from eternal perdition. That's settled by God's eternal salvation. But then what salvation do we need? What did Paul have in mind when he said, this shall turn to salvation? So we are talking about being saved from something and saved, I would say, Chris, into something in our daily situation. For Paul, in 
chapter 1 of Philippians. To be saved in that situation was for him to be saved from being put to shame by the failure to live Christ and to magnify Christ in his imprisonment. We need to be saved from this kind of pitiful failure of being found by others in ourselves, just expressing ourselves. But then, as I indicated, Paul needed and we need to be saved into something. That is, into the reality and practicality of living Christ and magnifying Christ in particular situations and in ordinary situations. We may not be accustomed to applying salvation in this way, but that shows our need to study the Word, our need to pay attention to books such as Philippians. Paul said this would turn to salvation. This implies a process that is carried out under certain conditions. He needed the prayers of the believers. He needed the bountiful supply of the Spirit. And with those provisions and those conditions having been met, Paul knew that his present situation would not result in his being put to shame, but would result in his expressing Christ right there and right then. I believe that even though this word is inadequate, meaning, you know, my word of explanation may not be adequate, we can see a very significant contrast between being eternally saved from perdition and the judgment of God and being practically saved in our daily situation. And let me add this. It is really a shame to the Lord and to us that if we would, on the one hand, rest as we should in God's eternal salvation and to utterly neglect our need for daily salvation, and the result is there is very little, if any, testimony of Christ in our daily situation. Rather, we may be very much like unbelievers in our practical living. We need to be saved from that. For the sake of the testimony of Jesus, we need to be saved from the failure to magnify Christ. And we need that kind of salvation constantly and daily. Ron, as we contrast or compare these two aspects of salvation, it is not to diminish the one, but as you've pointed out, it's to use the one as the foundation or the stepping stone for the other. Our eternal, once and for all, salvation becomes the platform from which we begin to experience daily this other salvation. I think, uh, let me read a short portion from Witness Lee's Life Study on this message, on this point. I think it touches it and sums it up very well. He says, many of us have been Christians for years, but we've never heard anything about this constant salvation. We know, of course, about eternal salvation. I wish to make it very clear that I certainly do not belittle eternal salvation in any way. I treasure it and deeply appreciate it. In his eternal salvation, God has rescued us from hell and from his righteous judgment. But day by day, we need to go on to experience a constant salvation in our practical life. And the words, go on, really jumped out to me when I read this. They also stand out to me 
And I would continue by saying, uh, go on to experience a constant salvation in our practical life. There's a sense in which eternal salvation is not something we experience. What I mean by that is uh, it's a settled matter. Our eternal state of being is forever secure. As a result, we have peace with God. We have fellowship with God. But what we're talking about here, based upon Paul's word, is absolutely experiential. It's not doctrinal. It's not theoretical. It's not theological. It's experiential. If uh, you're driving south on Interstate 5 in Orange County, and you are surrounded by, I would say, unsafe, irrational drivers— there's an unexpected uh, freeway closing, you are late for an important appointment, the issue is not eternal salvation, but right there in your car, in that situation, will you be the same as the other drivers, or will you experience something of the all-inclusive Spirit of Christ that enables you to live in the organic union either to drive or sit there in the organic union, to be one with the Lord, to magnify the Lord, and to express the Lord in that ordinary, at least in Southern California, situation of serious traffic. Would it not be a shame that we who possess God's eternal salvation would be in an unsaved state on the Interstate 5? That's not a glory to the Lord. We can't say, well, you know, I'm saved forever. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. The Lord's testimony is at stake. To mention this example of driving is to mention one that almost all of us can relate to, probably in the negative way, but it highlights, I believe, very specifically what we're talking about. We need to be saved from so many negative things saved in the midst of so many difficult situations, saved from their effect on us, saved from being put to shame by momentarily living as if there were no God, no Christ, and no Spirit, and saved into the life of Christ, into the triune God, into the grace of God, into the divine dispensing into our spirit, into the fellowship of the divine life, saved into these wonderful things so that outwardly we're in the same situation as others, but inwardly and practically we are in a different realm. We have been saved from and saved into a magnifying of Christ for the glory of God. That's constant salvation. This is a salvation that's available in its most practical application, isn't it? It's not just these horrific experiences such as the Apostle Paul was placed in. It's the day-to-day kind of rubber-meets-the-road sort of uh, salvation, isn't it? That's right. By constant, we actually mean our daily, ordinary, routine, even boring existence. There are believers, even as we speak, that are called upon in other parts of the world to pay a great price for the testimony of Jesus. Some of them are imprisoned. 
There's no doubt about it. And they need salvation in that particular circumstance. But for the most part, the believers in free countries are not imprisoned and tortured for their faith. They're living a life outwardly indistinguishable in its practicality from unbelievers. But whereas unbelievers may murmur and complain and reason and gossip, we as children of God need to be saved and we can be saved from an ungodly living so that in the midst of ordinary life, we're in fellowship with the Lord, we're one with the Lord in the organic union, we're enjoying the divine fellowship in the divine life, and as a result, Christ is magnified. The Christ who is within us, deep in our spirit, is magnified. He is lived out. He shines forth as a testimony. This is what Paul was talking about. This is what we need, and this is what God wants. And this is what this ministry is burdened to impart, to point God's children to verses such as these that, in terms of the quotation you read, we may go on to experience a constant salvation in our practical life. Ron, if our listeners contact us about these printed messages and get into these messages we're covering today, they're going to be, I think, delighted by a connection that Witness Lee makes between these verses, particularly these points in Philippians and the Gospel of Matthew. Let me read this portion and then ask you for your comments. And speaking of Philippians, he says, No other book in the New Testament reveals salvation in such a practical and experiential way. We know from the first chapter of Matthew that Christ became a man named Jesus and Emmanuel. Jesus means Jehovah the Savior, and Emmanuel means God with us. After I was saved, I treasured these names. However, I did not know their meaning in an experiential way until the Lord brought me into the reality of the book of Philippians. In this book, we have the details of God's practical, experiential, subjective and constant salvation. What wonderful names. Jesus. Joseph was instructed by God through the angel. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. When we first called on the name of Jesus, believing into Christ as the Son of God, we were saved from our sins eternally. We were justified by grace through faith. Salvation is in the name of Jesus. There is no other name given among men, Peter says in Acts 4, whereby we must and may be saved. Then in Matthew 1, it is not God directly, but it is human beings directly who use the term Emmanuel. We must call this person Emmanuel, God with us. Now, let me try to relate this to Paul's experience of Christ in Philippians. Jesus, the name of our Lord in his humanity, Jehovah the Savior, the salvation of Jehovah. We need to call on his name and receive the salvation in his name, not only concerning our eternal state, 
but concerning our present situation. When we call on him and when we contact the Spirit as the reality of the person of that name, we gradually, perhaps, have this marvelous realization, God is with us, Emmanuel. You are not only Jesus enthroned at the right hand of God, you are Emmanuel, God with us. When we experience and apply salvation in the name of Jesus and the life that's in the name of Jesus, and when we realize through our fellowship with the Lord that God is with us, this results in a practical salvation. Let me use driving again. Let's say even after this program, we find ourselves in such a difficult situation with traffic. If we contact the Lord, calling on the Lord, calling on the name of Jesus, Jehovah the Savior, surely we will be saved from our reaction, saved from our this and that, and saved into all that the triune God is in Christ. Then we may realize and should realize we are not alone in that car, even though physically we may be alone. God is with us. If we contact the Lord as Jesus, our Savior, and know that the Lord is Emmanuel, God with us, won't that have an effect? Won't that have an instant impact on our situation? Won't that change our point of view? Won't that subdue our reaction? Won't that bring us into another realm inwardly? Surely it will. When Paul was in prison, he did not need a Lord who was only in the heavens. He needed a Lord who was in a prison cell with him. And in like manner, in our daily situations, we need a Lord, yes, who was interceding for us from the heavens, who is administrating from the throne. We need such a one. But we also need a practical Jesus, the reality of whom is the life-giving Spirit in our spirit. And we need a God who is with us where we are, right then. So I conclude this line of fellowship by just repeating in a kind of summary way. Jesus and Emmanuel in Matthew 1, in our experience, equal the Christ with his constant salvation, the Christ whom we live and magnify by the bountiful supply of the Spirit in Philippians chapter 1. It surely is time for God's children, especially the hungry and seeking ones among God's children, to advance from Matthew 1, to Philippians 1, and begin to have a taste of Paul's experience of being saved constantly, of being saved instantly, of not being put to shame, but of magnifying Christ by living him. This vast realm, so real and so practical, we have before us to explore, to experience, and to enjoy. May the Lord bless all of our endeavors to know and experience this Christ and to apply him in his constant salvation. Mm. 
Well, Ron, there were uh, some other points included in these messages that we were not able to extract the the recorded portions for, but we're out of time in terms of our being able to cover them. I think the best is to invite our listeners to contact us about getting these printed volumes. The Life Study set for Philippians altogether is three volumes, 62 printed messages, and we've been talking today about messages 47 and 48, which are included in the third of those three volumes. Do contact us. We'd love to share them with you, and uh, in them you can get the matters that we were not able to touch today. Our toll-free number, one eight 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 life study That's one eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. And we will return with another Life Study from the Book of Philippians tomorrow as we near the home stretch on this Life Study of Philippians. Please join us then. For Ron Kangas today, this is Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. The Stream Magazine is a quarterly publication featuring the writings of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee from Living Stream Ministry. Each issue focuses on a crucial and essential topic in the Bible. Recent issues have covered such biblical truths as the assurance of salvation, regeneration, and God's purpose, His eternal plan. So call today for a free complimentary issue of The Stream Magazine. Our number is 1-888-543. 3788. To receive a free catalog of Living Stream Ministry books by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, call our toll-free number 1-888-543-3788. Call today.